Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hola, and welcome back to the show. Diane Cece joins us. Boy, is East Norwalk lucky to have Diane. Diane is the leader of the East Norwalk Neighborhood Association. If you subscribe to her newsletter, you will not believe how much information it contains, how many calls to action there are. This woman really cares, really, really cares about her neighborhood. Diane Cece, welcome back to the show. Hi. Good morning, Lisa. Thanks so much for that generous introduction there. Yeah. yeah, the um, the newsletters are packed, and, you know, sometimes I get feedback, like, you know, these things are lengthy, and there's a lot to read, and we have to click on stuff and, you know, kind of educate ourselves, and um, unfortunately, that's kind of the nature of the beast right now. There's a lot going on that's impacting um, East Norwalk, and uh, what I try to do is get as much information out there as possible and let people kind of decide for themselves which aspects they're most either concerned with or interested in and then, um, you know, kind of lead them in a direction to where they can get more information or how to ask questions, how to provide feedback, et cetera. So, yeah, those newsletters tend to be lengthy, and you're right. It's a labor of love to um, try to interpret city information and state information and then get that out to folks in, in a way that's, you know, not dumbing anything down but also trying to not get it over too many people's heads. It's when it comes to land use and zoning, between all the acronyms and legal stuff, and um, it's very confusing, and it's hard, it's hard to it's, understand it's, if you're it's, not it's, involved. You know, the problem is it's something where people's eyes glaze over, but it couldn't really yeah. be more important. That's the thing. It, 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 exactly, exactly. And so, you know, a lot of times what we try to do when we have time and when we're under siege, I think you get the newsletter, right? So, Oh, I do. I, think, I, I think the last headline was East Norwalk is under siege. Yeah. And that's not really being overdramatic because so tell me why. Uh, we'll talk What's in a minute on? about, you know, yeah. the state impact and the local impact. Well, let's um, let's hear about the local. Let, let me let me hear about specifically what's going on in East mm-hmm. Norwalk right now. You want us to know. So, so with the local stuff, and it relates to the state, because what's, what's ending up happening here now is that gradually, but now more rapidly, the city is looking to advance land use changes that really um, would support the state, uh, what the state's looking to mandate in the votes that you know are coming up. 
in terms of maximizing density, in particular around transit zones, um, neighborhoods that have train stations, uh, bus routes, um, access to the highway with commuter parking, et cetera. And East Norwalk um, actually is kind of the epicenter of that, epicenter of that because we have all three. Mm-hmm. And so what's happening is that over the past few years, our local zoning, planning and zoning department and commission have been um, gradually increasing the um, amount of density by changing the zoning in East Norwalk. You, you may recall um, a year and a half ago, they approved what's called the East Avenue Village Transit Zone. Yeah. And that was part of the East Norwalk Transit-Oriented Development District. And what that EVTZ zone did is to designate the corridor of East Avenue from I-95 south all the way to, um, or south of I-95 all the way down to Cemetery Street. And in doing so, that zoning automatically changed to be able to allow three-and-a-half-story buildings um, and maximum density, meaning one unit, actually double, double the population density within a building, or residential density within a building. That's already been done, Lisa. It's the entire corridor. In addition to the corridor itself on East Avenue, the city also included going into some side streets as well, Rowan Street, Van Zandt Street, etc. So it's a little bit more than just the corridor itself. That, you know, we fought vehemently and uh, we couldn't get it denied. So that's here. And that's how the one Cemetery Street 77 unit development was approved. I see. Now what the city is looking to do is part of a zoning, a complete zoning overhaul is looking to take major portions of East Norwalk within this, um, this particular area and change those um, to go from one family zoning automatically over to um, allow two family zoning. The whole, you're kidding me. The, really? So major portions of it. And the, the map is online. Lisa, please remind me before we hang up to, to tell people how they can get to all this information. No, do it now. Is everything I'm talking about. Do it about, now. Do it now. So, so it's norwalkct.gov um, or .org. Either one still works. And when they go there, there's an icon on the menu screen that'll say Norwalk Zoning Reg, or they can just go through the government links and they'll be looking for planning and zoning, and then zoning regulation update. So everything that I'm talking about today and much more is there. All the information is there so people can go and uh, read it. And a lot of it is readable. They've done it in in a format where there's some um, individual fact sheets on all the components of this. Um, so people can really kind of bring themselves up to speed. We're so, so with is, is we, so what? Wait. So, but under under what thinking? In other words, was there a mm-hmm. referendum taken by people in mm-hmm. East Norwalk? Do the people who live in the neighborhood have any say at all over this? Well, there'll be public hearings in just a few weeks. Um, there's there, there's nothing really that we have control over because the Planning and Zoning Commission, and not the Common Council. Um, will ultimately vote on this. But is anybody the from the Planning Norwalk, and Zoning Lisa, Commission, is anyone in the Planning and Zoning Commission somebody who lives in East Norwalk? We, we do have one person who lives in East Norwalk proper. Um, luckily for us, she is a commissioner that does do her homework and ask questions um, and provide feedback. So we're grateful for that. 
Um, but planning and zoning commissioners are supposed to take into account the whole city as they're making these decisions. And, and I'll quickly remind your viewers, because this is also confusing, um, Norwalk is one of the cities that has appointed um, zoning and planning commissioners. Oh, that's right. We don't have elected oh, ones. So oh, they're appointed yeah. by the mayor and then approved by our common council. So we already have this whole zone that's already slated for maximum density. The um, estimates of a full build-out under that zoning that's already in is um, a potential for 1,200 apartment units. Once this other change goes in, I haven't even been able to calculate what this could mean. So it doesn't mean that every single family zone is automatically going to convert to two-family. But the way that he's written these regulations that the consultants have is that they automatically will become eligible to be able to build two-family. But the scary thing is, is that it would be as of right instead of by special permit. Wow. That's so a big your neighbors explain. wouldn't even yeah, know explain. there'd be no public hearing. There would be no consideration of the um, what we call the 13 special permit considerations that, that the commission must consider. So it's as of right. Um, it, it also is changing some of the, the way that they're looking at heights. Um, in some portions of the, um, in this area and other portions of the city, there's likely to be a further reduction in parking minimum requirements. Um, although Mr. Kleppen has said, though, that two family uh, parcels uh, would require four on site parking spaces. And um, Lisa, I, I hate always sounding so cynical, but honestly, I think you know by now that those are the first things that get waived. And so, there, there, there's a cry of hardship that says, you know, we can't provide that parking. Um, and so those things get waived, and you're going to have high-density multifamily housing that's going to continue to impact the, um, the lack of parking here, the traffic congestion, the impact on city services, police, fire, schools, et cetera, um, and just the infrastructure itself. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. And can I mention one other thing, Lisa, in terms of process? Because you know I'm a big sure. process wonk on this. Sure. The city has been working on this particular plan with the consultants for just over three years with very little interaction with the community as they were going through this and wow. virtually no specifics given to the Planning and Zoning Commission in terms of periodic reviews, like wow. to be able to show where they were going, start showing some of the maps, what they were recommending. So very little information out there until just a few weeks ago in April. So essentially... The city has been working on this for nearly three and a half years, and the community is going to have between two and eight weeks to completely digest oh, come it, on. understand it. Nope, the first meeting was April 12th. 
the first public that, presentation then. that included the zoning map. I have to add this too. There, there was an initial presentation that just went over the project itself and talked about the regulation changes. They refused to present the map at that meeting because they knew that it was going to be so controversial that they were afraid people were going to focus on the map and lose the whole background of what they're calling the justification for this. So they withhold they withheld the map from the public until April 12th. Now, if he's going to hold public hearings in June, then we're talking about eight weeks away, but there are still some neighborhoods that haven't had their individual presentations on these to see what their impact is and to ask questions. Some of those aren't until the end of May, which means those neighborhoods, for all intent and purposes, are only going to have a couple of weeks to digest hundreds of pages of data, um, looking at all different uh, parcel, con you know, uh, zoning consolidations within uh, the recommended uh, regulations. And, and just on that basis alone, this isn't fair. But quickly, you know, I mean, it, it, it's obvious that they're trying to shove this through. Um, I don't want to get into the politics of things, but I will tell people it's an election year here. And, um, and this, this thing needs to be slowed down. If they're working on it for three and a half years, it's not fair to give the public, you know, eight weeks to try to figure out what's going to happen in their neighborhood. Who controls the agenda here? Who, who, who personally or? Yeah. yeah the, like, the is, well, is, it, well, is it the Planning and Zoning Commission? Is it the, the people that are employed by the city of Norwalk? Who's controlling yeah, it, the pace? It's a, com it's a combination of both. It's through the Planning and Zoning Director who reports into the Economic Development Director, um, who oh, coincidentally see. also controls transportation, mobility, and parking, among other departments. I but see. the ultimate vote is the planning and zoning commissioners. Um, there are two co-chairs and then commissioners that are represented through throughout the city. Um, it doesn't go to the council. There's no other consideration of it. And um, and then does anybody have standing to appeal this kind of a policy-wide change? Well, I'm happy that you asked that question because one of the things that neighborhood associations are doing, and we're starting to work together now. Um, just like we used to in the past under the coalition, to take a look at what um, legal recourse we may have with this. And so the question would be, um, e even if associations don't have le legal standing, um, certainly the, the property owners who are impacted do. Mm, okay. And so there is an opportunity, but um, I've already kind of floated the idea of at least um, – considering some sort of, if, if that's the case, then to consider some sort of a class action suit to either um, stop this thing in its track or to just, you know, get the timing to go back to the, um, go back to the table. It would be the an interesting novel approach. Value. I've never, I've never heard of a class action suit on behalf of neighbors affected by what they would perceive to be adverse zoning. I wonder yeah. how that would float. I don't know if there's me, any precedent for that. Me too. And I wonder if we might be the yeah. test case for it too. And I haven't had yeah. time to do any research on this. That's the other thing is that, this is really a full-time job. I know. <laughs> the way you do it, it is. It, is. it really is. It it's is. insane. And even when the city is responsive and they're answering questions, it's still an, an enormous amount to, uh, you know, to try to digest and then figure out, you know, how we can get, get back to the table. The um, two interesting things that happened with this, though, is early on in the process, um, I said, you know, it, it's okay then to, you know, now you're going to try to put, engage the public at the last minute, and you're seeking feedback. 
but why are you really seeking feedback if there's no opportunity to change this? So I asked uh, Mr. Kleppen, our director, what is the mechanism by which something could possibly be changed if neighbors really vehemently are opposed to something and they have legitimate reason to, to do so? And um, by now you may have seen the famous video of his response of saying that at this point um, he pretty much considers these recommendations as what they're going to be. And that even if 2,000 residents came out opposed to something, um, that if he felt it was in the best interest for the city, he would fight till he was blue in the face to keep that in. And this is who's saying this? The planning and zoning, planning and zoning director, Steve Kleppen. And he does not, he works for the city. Does he live in Norwalk? Right. No, he doesn't. He doesn't live and does, in Norwalk. Is he elected by the people of Norwalk? No, he's appointed. I see. But he but he makes money. He makes this is his full time yes, job. Yes, he's an employee yeah. of the city mm-hmm. and he's the primary staff advisor to the planning and zoning commission. I and see. so when uh, zoning directors um, issue their staff memo to commissions for all intent and purposes that's their advice on what they're advising them to do. Where is and, Mayor uh, Harry we, Rilling on this, Diane Cece? Where is Mayor uh, Rilling on this? Well, Harry Rilling um so just so people know the chain, too, um, because a lot of times politicians will say it's hands off of zoning. But um, it, it, Steve ultimately reports to Harry Rilling. I so see. the mayor has control. But more so than that, the mayor um, appoints every one of those commissioners. And so those are handpicked commissioners. Everyone who sits on it now, uh, because Harry's been in office for so long, is obviously a Harry appointee. Um so it's going to be, um, I think at some point, the, the uh, council people and the mayor will have to speak out on this because it's not a private development application where there's um, possibly some statutory restrictions on them getting involved in a land use application. This is an application from the city itself, from his own staff, recommending changes throughout the city. So uh, they would be hard-pressed to, to try to tell the community, well, we can't comment on it or and we're not going to be involved in it. And, and uh, the, you know, for, as far as I'm concerned, the buck stops there, and uh, he will have to um, he will ha- he will have to answer to the public on this one one way or the other. Okay, Diane Cece, thank you so much. Uh, if people want to subscribe to your newsletter, how would they do that? Thanks for that. Uh, two things on that. So the newsletter, the best thing to do is go to our website, which is eastnawalk.org. Or you can email us at info at eastnawalk.org. And our monthly meetings are open to the public. The next one is this coming Monday. And um, our guest is actually Planning and Zoning Director Steve Kleppen. Okay. Um, and he will be joining us on Monday um, to discuss the specifics to the East Norwalk Neighborhood Association uh, zoning changes. And that will be an in-person or a Zoom? That, that's via Zoom. We're still 100% Zoom right now until we... Mm-hmm get some technology and funding to go hybrid and um, it's via zoom and it's at 7 p.m and when people sign up for the newsletter we provide the link on the weekend for them to hop on and join us on the meeting we encourage anyone who lives in east norwalk obviously to do that um, but but others can um, join in as well diane cc thank you so much for coming on thanks for giving us a real education Thank you so much, and I hope as I delve more into this and this becomes more developed with more facts that um, that I can come back on again and keep people informed, Absolutely. especially you, um, what's going on. Okay. Thank you, Diane. Thanks. Diane C.C. of the East Neighborhood Norwalk Association, ENA, E-N-N-A. I'm Lisa Wexler. We'll be right back. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 